Steps on that frog. Welcome home radio podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio. It is December 13th. We're so sorry we missed you in the month of November, but boy, we enjoyed Thanksgiving and I have my stretchy pants on. So I'm rather proud of that. I did did Thanksgiving well, but we're so excited to be back with you today. We're here to talk about market conditions and is it, should I be able to buy? Should I buy at this time? Is it a good time? to approach the market. And next I want to welcome Tom and Alan back. How are y'all? Happy Thanksgiving and all that. Merry Christmas to y'all. Well, happy Thanksgiving and ho, ho, ho to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good to be back. It is. It is good to be back. You guys missed me right after my surgery. You know that I had major back surgery, right? I thought it was a lobotomy. Yeah, that, well, they did that at accompaniment, so they did two a two for one deal for me. And so which back they, surgery is this? This is my lower spine. They did a fusion, and then they did some. Uh, yep, yeah, I got a couple pretty nice little screws back there to prove it. Three sixty or one eighty? Uh, it was one eighty. Ah, uh, you're a rookie. I know, right? I mean, I, I got some, huh. I did find out something very interesting. They went in and cleaned out my spine as well because I had stenosis in it, which has immediately helped my pain in my legs. I don't have that anymore. That Thank you. It's not hardening on the that sciatic nerve, is it? Man, it's not easy. But they go in and take that cut that bone away, and then they grind it up and put it with kind of a glue cement and put it back on top to help everything heal. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. What kind of technology is that? Taking my bone, grinding it up and making cement with it. But working well thus far. So I'm I'm pretty happy. And there you have our welcome home medical update. There you go. <laughs> well, if you want me to give, I mean, I, I did that surgery in 2009, but mine was 360. Oh, that's so you're you're an old hat at this. I, I L4 through S1. Gosh. Our 360 fused spine. And then I have uh, C3 through C6, 360 fusion in my neck. Oh, gosh. So, Yikes. Yes, I've been down that road. I've lost all bragging rights here. Sorry. (laughs) Let's talk about Christmas. Have you done any shopping yet? I'm done. There you go. Market conditions. I'm done. That's what I like to hear. Already spent the money, done the deal, capitalism at its best, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Had to had to get all that done, and and we're still not knowing what all. I mean, my wife has got her Christmas plans. 
I mean, she's <laughs> she's got me driving to Houston, then driving back on Christmas Day, and then she's out of here for a week to Yikes. Kentucky. So, wow. Yeah, she's she's doing it upright. Is I, that her present to you? Is leaving you alone for a week? Yes. I hope I don't get it. Hope I don't get in trouble for that. <laughs> you really are getting all homey here. This is great. It is great. It is great. Hey. Guys, the market you should buy a home right now so you can have conversations. I tell you what, I just got off the phone with like somebody this. that's buying one, and I was like, What? And she's buying an expensive house, you know, Lake Granberry on Lake Granberry, and then she's going to tear it down. And I'm like, What? Wow, that's, I know. And a realtor called while I was talking, and she sure enough closed on it, or she's going to close on it, and she accepted the contract. So, wow. So market must be good. Market is interesting. I mean, uh, if you get in my weekly updates, we've had six straight weeks of interest rate decline. I mean, it's been wonderful. And now this week we got the CPI report coming out tomorrow. And then, of course, the Fed meeting on Wednesday. We're going to find out exactly what the Fed really thinks about inflation fighting. Are they going to ease quantitative tightening? Or what are they going to do? And you make a good point. I want our uh, listeners to understand you've seen six straight weeks of decline. And has the Fed lowered its rate? No. No, we are not tied to that. And people just, again, get so obsessed with it. They lose track of rates are too high, rates are too high. And well, no, our rates have been coming down here. Then they, they operate independently of the Fed rate. That is exactly right. So much you national know, media you can read on this and you can find any opinion you want. And you're right, Tom, about, you know, six weeks in a row and the Fed's done nothing. But to, to talk to anybody out in the public, it's like, well, the Fed, the Fed. We need to de, we need to declare, you know, don't listen to that for mortgage rates. It's just yep. not it just doesn't tie together. Listen to Blair. He'll tell you the mortgage rate. Blair does that that little thing. And if our listeners are out there and they're not receiving his little update every week, he is pretty right on, straight to the point, and very accurate with the data that he's giving. And wow. Who's this Blair guy you're talking about? I know. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to <laughs> mean anything to ever compliment my friend here. but Hey, DD214, we're talking about you. Hey. Well, I do want to talk about something that is very interesting that I wrote about today. And I think it's just, it's very prevalent right now. You, you guys are old enough, like myself, to remember what golden parachutes or golden handcuffs were back in the 70s and the 80s, where companies paid people very well, good salaries, great benefits to keep employees on staff. Well, I want to change that that frame of mind to golden handcuffs in real estate that homeowners right now are golden handcuffed to their rate so much that they're not willing. In fact, what was it? It was a decline in potential buyers stating the fact that they do not want to move. It's too steep an increase in a mortgage to sell my home at 3% and buy a home at 7%. Even though it may be needed for the family, even though it may be a better upgrade or where you want to be, they're sticking or they feel handcuffed to their mortgage plan, mortgage interest rate so much right now. And that's all an educational knowledge of 
awareness of what does the market deem? Because right now we're still seeing home prices go up without any change. And what's going to happen, you guys just, just put on your, your prophecy hat, what's going to happen when rates do come down to a reasonable, what they deem reasonable, maybe five, five and a half, what's going to happen to the market? Do they want to deal with what's going to happen to the market? And and how much money are they losing by waiting? So many you people know, I was, don't I, understand. It's funny, Tom, said something about Lake Granbury, because I was actually down in that area Saturday, too, and I wrote a contract down there in uh, Glen Rose. And we had the discussion about waiting or not waiting, what to do. Um, and to your point, Blair, there's two ways to think about it. Um, you know, potentially, and we do have even in different markets, a little different, but in at least up here in Dallas, Fort Worth, we do have a little bit of an inventory issue with certain homes. And now if the mark, if the rates come down and a lot of buyers that are on the fence that have been waiting for two years or whatever, if they start jumping on the bandwagon, then it's really going to be tough. And of course, prices will go up because a seller's job is to get as much money as they can for their house. And if you only have so many houses in that condition that more people want than others, and you're going to do pretty well. It's going to be hard to be a buyer again. So I, I just don't believe waiting is a strategy when it comes to real estate. I think living your life is a strategy. All situations are different. Strategies are different, but um, waiting is not a game plan in my, in my opinion, when it comes to housing. I, I totally agree with you. I don't think waiting at all, you, you move as you need to for your family. If you need more room then we need to sell your home, take what equity you've gained in that home and invest it into another one. And maybe, maybe at some point take, keep some money out of that next deal. But the bottom line is interest rates should not keep people from buying or selling and going to another home today. Just for the fact that the growth here in Texas across every County averages 4.9% equity growth year over year. I'm sorry, you you can't do any better when you're looking at a long term. Now, if you're looking at short term, I would yes, I would stress that that may be a question mark. But long terms, it's and I'm talking something six years or more, you're going to win in buying a home even at seven percent, six and a half, six percent. You will win that battle. You know, and when I say waiting, I I don't I don't mean to penalize a first time home buyer. There's such a thing as waiting, and there's consequences of markets and first time home buyers have been hit hard. And, but, you know, I remember being a first time home buyer. We were flat out broke. We got the home, but we were broke. And, you know, it, there's a difference. Baby boomers control most of that um, equity that you're talking about. And it was like 60 something percent of all the equity is baby boomers. And of course, baby boomers are aging and those homes are eventually going to be given to children or come onto the market. And baby boomers are some of them aren't buying any more homes, so they're going to just sell, period, and use it for their retirement um, home or whatever kind of place they need to be when they're old, and nobody can take care of them but somebody else. So, um, so there's all that that goes laughing. into it. But for the younger folks, um, are you I identifying see, with this, Tom? <laughs> for the you're all fixed up now, Tom. You told us all about it. You're going to live to be a hundred. So watch. yeah, I have my ninety thousand mile warranty. You're going to be out doing marathons for you know it but, 
You know, it, it, it has been an interesting last couple of years. First time home buyers have really taken it on the chin. Um, but the folks, you know, 50 or older that have got some experience in housing and own some home or a house doing pretty well. The people, you know, they bought when they were 35, they've been in it for 15, 20 years. They're doing remarkably well when it comes to, uh, to equity. A young lady that um, I helped buy her first house, a friend of mine, she came into my office just last week wanting to get rid of, see if we could get rid of PMI. And she bought her home right at 210. You might explain what that is to the folks. Some of them might not know. I, I will. Private mortgage insurance is required if you're in a conventional loan if you're investing less than 20% down payment. And private mortgage insurance ensures that that it, the loan's paid off if something happens. And but we're assuming she got a conventional loan, right? She got a conventional loan. She was shocked to learn that in less, right at two years, one month, her home had grown in investment-wise to $298,000 in two years. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable growth. If you're invested, you're, you're very happy where you're at. You should be overjoyed where the value of your home is. If you're not in and you're paying somebody else's mortgage and rent is just crippling you because you'll never see any renting dollars back, I got to tell you, please consider the opportunity now where there's less competition. Don't wait. I think that's just so critical that people need to understand the value of an investment, even into a home life, not just for family, but for future. It is such a value. And again, now, Tom, I want you to help me understand, you know, we had the BLS jobs report on Friday. Okay. Everything in the last six weeks has been going very well, showing inflation is coming down, showing jobs reports, ADP shows less jobs report, but suddenly the BLS jobs report just blows the market head off the top at 199,000 jobs. What they don't tell you is, you know, that's supposedly created new, new positions, new jobs. But why is it they allowed 47,000 new jobs to be defined because they're returning workers off of strike? That's not new jobs. That's just coming off of strike. If we take that 199,000 and drop 47,000, then we come in less than what the expected number was. And boy, that would have really shocked the market into a, we understand we're in a recession. So why, why are these reports? Because everything that's been coming over the last six months, jobs report wise, they have refiled a month later and changed those numbers. They decreased them every time. Why is this happening? Well, <laughs> because traditionally that's how it's always been done. I mean, they've been keeping jobs reports and giving it to the general public since the 1990s. So all presidents and all Congresses look at these numbers every you know month to compare month over month average. The adjustment after the fact by the bean counters and is it's always done the same way, Blair, so that it doesn't distort how the numbers are being given to us. 
And those adjustments, they always will tell you by in two weeks, this was the adjustment for back in November that we just made because they want to get that first set of data out as soon as possible is what the pressure's on the government to do. But the second set is those that come back and say, okay, this was also inclusive of those returning from, you know, strike 47,000. So the renewed numbers were more like blah, blah, blah. So they take into consideration also against <coughs> those losses as well that were where the reporting comes from. The technical side of it, I, I can just tell you why they do it. They've always done it that way and they don't want to start doing it a different way. It's just like uh, inflation. Inflation used to include, <coughs> hello, the price of gas as far as that goes, uh, you know, how much it was and how much it wasn't. And they stopped putting that into inflation numbers on a monthly basis. Why? Because if you put it in this month, as far as inflation was concerned, it bring inflation down to a negative number. <clears throat> so the, they change these things a little bit over time, but uh, I, I don't have a better answer than I, I, I get a sense they're changing them a lot more recently because I don't see as big adjustments historically as I do in the last six to nine months. But I also have a theory. I'm going to throw it out there. Call me whatever you want to call me. But guess what 2024 is? Well, that's always the assumption, but it's still being done the same way, Blair. I mean, uh, you're I, saying it's not affecting. It's not because of the the, the election year. It's no, not because they're not messing with the economy of any sort. So, okay, just want to put it out there because it's a thought. I understand, but. They, they go to the same sources each month. They do the same thing with ADP each month. I mean, all those private industry reports that they're pulling out are directly from the same report that's given every month. So why recently, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but recently we've been taking inflation numbers managed more by the CPI report than I'm trying to remember what the other old reports they used to take inflation numbers from. Well, before. CPI comes in this time of year because October's when we were supposed to do our budget as a nation. And of course, we haven't done that. We kick the can on down the road to next year. And <laughs> CPI is how they base uh, increases with federal employees across the board. So all those government employees and all those situations where the military is involved. I mean, you've been in the military as far as that goes, that you would normally get your pay raises at the end of the year. They're having to kick that can down the road because the government, you know, won't pass their military spending budget that they're supposed to be passing because it's leveraged against something else and something else and something else. And, you know, I got to hold out on this and blah, blah, blah. And so it's gotten to where Congress can get a one person to say, I'm going to screw everything up but for, for everybody, for everybody. But CPI is rendered at the end of the year, and we see it a lot at the end of the year because Social Security benefits are based off of that. And the benefit increase next year for those that are old enough to get it, of course, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> But those people that were supposed to get those increases, you know, it was one of the smallest increase, not the smallest increase, but it was below the inflation rate this last year. 
whereas last year it was above the inflation rate. Hmm. So, so CPI is a real important figure for budgeting. Is what you know what kind of increases in pay should they people be looking? Well, I under, at? Yeah, I, but it, but again, what's the impact on inflation? That's it was not used to be the standard for hey where is inflation? Because I'm hearing inflation's at four, inflation's <laughs> at three, three and a half, or it could be below three. And now they consider well, the, CPI being the biggest critical report. Well, the Fed looks at the core rate of inflation. So that takes into consideration everything when they look at that. Okay. What else is happening in the market today? What are market conditions like? Because home prices continue to go up. Whether we have limited resources of housing or not, it continues to rise and we continue to build. DR and, and so forth are all doing, Lennar, all these home builders are doing very well as they slow pace their homes out there. Yeah, I, I think the markets, you know, for December, I think it's actually pretty good. Um, you know, you got... Builders doing their thing, of course, but then there's homes out there that are, you know, for sale and being bought and and showings are happening, too. So um, I think for this time of year, there's a, a people that actually need to do something in December. But there's a lot of people that need to do something but won't do anything in December. But the people that will do something in December do pretty well, generally. I think they will. I think it's a good time. And again, getting pre-approved is probably the first step by anybody to know what you can buy. And I want to circle back to that because we talked a little bit earlier about, um, you know, a plan. Well, a plan means not just getting online and researching and looking at 15 different opinions. And remember things that you look at online are generally advertising. They're trying to make money and they want you to click. You need to call your lender, call Blair, call somebody you love and trust and actually talk to them about a plan. Um, it might not, your plan might not be for a year before you can buy. But I've got people that I've helped for three years. You know, I think four is my record. You know, we just it was kind of tough for some people. It's just tough. Others, it's like, gosh, I didn't know I could buy. I could buy right now. So until you go out and get the information from real people, such as Blair that is in lending and does lending, and can give you all the current correct information, you really, you know, that's all you need to do to start. Blair will tell you, hey, we got a six-month plan here. Let's get started. Let's do this. It's different than just going online and, you know, clicking all over the place. And, you know, you know that's not a plan. A plan is discussion with people that know about how to get you money to buy a home. Especially if, you know, like you say, click or clickbait, uh, you're not going to talk to the same person every time online and you're not going to be able to get the same answers. You know, one of the things I wanted to bring up with you, Tom, is isn't it interesting that Fannie and Freddie have come out with their own down payment assistance programs to, to boast and push, you know, opportunity recently? I mean, well, and it's just like FHA's 101 program. I mean, what the industry tries to do and what the key word here is make things affordable. And that's, that's the big push that we see is affordability, affordability. But just like FHA, I always harp on them 
with keeping their upfront mortgage insurance premium at 1.75%, it discourages people to add 2% to their mortgage balance once they close on the transaction. I mean, that that is, to me, a discouragement. You know, lower that back down to where it was pre-2013 rates. And with the same mindset, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are doing that same type of situation uh, because those are specific, of course, for first-time home buyers, typically with the description on the uh, down payment assistance stuff. You know, Alan, it, it is great to be able to be on a show and a part of something that we have a true historian on staff that, you know, did they have that PMI or MIP back in the cave days? I mean... <laughs> I think 2013 is like, only a decade ago. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, but that you remember those times. I mean, you are right on top of it. Uh, <laughs> I think of a Brontosaurus burger with cheese tonight. <laughs> it was April, by the way. April 30th was the last date they issued. Oh. Well, see, everybody, you know, home buying can be fun. You just have to make it fun. Oh, yeah. You know? Should be exciting. It really is. It really is exciting. I mean, you just can't believe how cool it is to have, you know, somebody buying their first house, you know, and they get the keys for the first time. And it's like, it's like unbelievable. Uh, I've seen grandparents cry, parents cry, home buyers cry, everybody cry. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool opportunity to see other people laugh and go right into the wine too. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool experience. So well, get, started, get a plan, get out there, get after it. The market's active. This, this young lady that I helped, that's a friend, uh, just a wonderful young lady that at 22 years old owns her own home Yeah, and, and had a plan has been owning. And, you know, now 24 years old has, has wonderful opportunity to stay in a home, build equity, growing something that is, is important to her. Uh, it's just a wonderful th time, but you can't find out what's out there for you until you start asking somebody, as Alan said, ask a person. Welcome, Jeff. Thank, Happy Thanksgiving. So glad you're on time today. Well, I was sitting, you know, it's wonderful about our industry and every one of you guys will enjoy this. I was just sitting with a lady, 67 years of age, buying her first home. Wow. That cool? Oh, but but wait a minute. Let me not join. Thank you for your welcome, but um, I would be a remiss. There we go. I'm here. <laughs> for a minute, I, I thought, thought he was going to play the Army fight song since we beat Navy this past. That week. would have been I great mean, too. Thank you, Blair. I did have a great Thanksgiving. I know I'm jumping in, so sorry to disrupt uh, the conversation. No, no. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. We're, again, discussing market conditions and should I buy at this time or should I not? What are those obstacles? And, you know, we talked about down payment assistance. We talked about credit or interest rate. What other things are keeping people from the market? Because one of the things, as as Alan described, baby boomers, we're holding on to our homes. I, I'm actually, yes, I'm actually scared to sell my property right now because where I, where I would want to live, it's going to cost me even more or it's not an upgrade to what I already have. It doesn't make my life any more convenient. 
So it's it's one of those static things that I'm I can be selective and I can wait. But what are those other items that are keeping people from moving, changing, or jumping into the market? They're happy. <clears throat> they're happy where they're at. I mean, some people just are happy. You know, people like you. You're in your house. Well, you like I mean, it. yeah, but I yeah, own real why estate. Don't you sell? Huh? I don't choose sell. Because yeah, you haven't you sold your house. Yet. Don't sell yours. I'll sell mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I well, think Tom's pretty cool. I think I think you're right about that, Alan. But I would take it one more thing. I think there's a younger generation that is very happy. That is happy renting. They they like the loose free lifestyle, not being locked down, not having to take care of uh, yards or or anything. They like to be able to get away on the weekends when they want to all of that and that they are in that rent race, but they are happy. You're right. Well, there's, you know, I don't know. I, I still talk to so many people that are say 27 to 40, let's say, and they're not owners, they're buyers, but they're all over the they're potential buyers. But some of them, the older they get, weirdly enough, they're like, all right, I'm cool with this lifestyle. This is my future. But there's others that still want to do the family, the marriage, the dog, all that stuff. And it's just been a little rough on them the last couple marriage, of years. Marriage, the dog, all that stuff. Hey, I saw a homeless guy out in front of Sprouts this morning. He had his pups with him. He didn't need, he, didn't need the rest of he was happy. <laughs> he, all he needed was to get married. He said a tarp and a sleeping bag. So I we, got that. We yeah, have gone off the rail. We've officially far. gone off the rail. No, Quick really, we haven't. Dogs are a big reason people, you know, when you they rent a really, home from really a landlord, are. you can't hardly really find a house to get a dog. What What do apartments charge for having a pet? Too much. I mean, animals are a big deal. They're family to some folks. and They are. To yeah. some folks, they are to me. Tom, Blair, do you let your, pets your, pups, your, your, your best buddy too. Don't even shake your head. I know. He I is know. your buddy. He's family. <laughs> Tom, do you let pets in your rentals? No. There you go, Blair. Okay, He's so how many of those rentals still have pets though? <laughs> I go by and check. If you they do, do okay. I, I know. He does a free cleaning just to have somebody go in there and look for dog hair. Exactly. I have my AC guy go over there once a year as well. So <laughs> you Blair, I, I do have a question for you, though, I, in consideration of what we're talking about, the buyers. For example, I had somebody call me this morning and I asked a question I haven't heard back and said, Jeff, can you work up a net sheet for me? And I did. And one of the main things that always that we discuss with contracts and deals are working, I said, what's the interest rate? 8.39. And I said, um, well, the rates dropped. I haven't heard back from them. I've worked the net sheet for them. But Blair, I think it's important for people to realize that even when they've started this process, that we what we've seen in the last month of the rates dropping, they need to re recalculate and reload and they need to have a lender who's going to do that for them constantly. I don't want to say constantly. I'll stop there. But please, I, I think it's important for people to know you're not locked on that. Is that well, I, I don't know about that lender. They may have done a 35, 30 day lock on that and they've been locked for a while. I mean, 
I wait until the best time and the, the buyer agrees. And so far I've been locking in less than 10 days and doing the best and, and, and getting some very good rates. I haven't done anything in the eights, nothing, zero. That's why that really surprised me. I was like, Oh, and now again, everybody's situation's different. Plus, that's an odd rate at 8.39. That sounds I like it, I think it was three, nine. It was eight, three. Eight point three seven five. That Something. makes more sense. But, but yeah, rate. We talked earlier about rate, and we talked. It's the bottom line is rate is what is rate. I mean, it, it's just a rate that you're borrowing financing money. Can I quote you on that? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Please do. Rate is rate. The bottom line is, is what the investment we're buying and are we growing my investment in doing this or not long term? If you're looking at a short term deal, then, yeah, I would definitely question what we're doing. But if you're looking at six plus years, I stand by. That's a great investment into real estate. The returns are there. Historically, we have 80 years plus worth of data and we show positive. only seven years are negative in the real estate market, only seven in the 80 plus years. And so even the decades that those are in was positive. So a great investment, get into a home, pay yourself. A mortgage is paying yourself, not someone else's rent. Now, I, Tom, I, I, I definitely don't want to, you provide a great service for a lot of people. And I'm sure you have some longtime people that you just love and they love you. It is a great thing to get into that. But he's a businessman. But if 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 you are looking out for your family, I got I, I would want you to buy any of my children. I want you to buy a home. I want you to get into the real estate so that you have an investment that's there and it's equity available later. It's thrilling to have a 67 year old. I just wonder if she did a reverse mortgage for purchase or a heckum. So, you know. The, the bottom line is there is great opportunity for anyone wanting to get into this market if they have the wherewithal. And boy, the opportunities are there with all the programs. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, I was so proud about our construction loan solutions for veterans and FHA. And then they finally go, well, do you have a USDA? And I said, yes, we have a USDA one-time close construction loan. And for the right person in the right geographical location, uh, it's a great zero down opportunity. Is that up in Wyoming or something? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we have a lot of them around here. In fact, where you went for Granberry, just outside of Granberry, there's a yeah. USDA area. Cool. So, you know, I, I will share this this morning that kind of shocked me. You were talking about different groups and everything. And it just stuck on my face this morning. I was driving by and there's a Starbucks. And of course, this is the fanciest Starbucks right there. But lo and behold, I'm driving past this place and I'm seeing a young man get out, out of his car, drinking one of those energy drinks, you know, those canned energy drinks yep. while walking into Starbucks. <laughs> wow, you, you you're buying an energy drink and then you're going to have a Starbucks latte, cappuccino, whatever um, 
just blew me away that you need that much caffeine to get up in the morning. What'd you call that drink? The Frappuccino Capro, Cap whatever. <laughs> that sounds like something he orders every day. I also something he said is stuck on his face. Yeah, a couple of shots of tequila too. I will be all right. <laughs> oh, I thought that was what they call the nitro brew <laughs> or whatever <laughs> they have. <laughs> yeah, but it all gets back to you know. There's a lot of good stuff you can read about. People don't have any idea how much they spend either. You know, gosh, like you just described, twelve dollars, Blair. That drink I can't pronounce plus the at least the other thing. <laughs> at mean, least I agree. Twelve. And then bucks. you do that. You do that twenty work days a week, and there's significant electric bill right there easily. And so, I think people. Uh, and you mentioned age earlier, Blair. I, you know, it's true. There are people that live their lifestyle and, and they're just not thinking of buying. It's not their, they don't, they, they ain't what they're thinking about. They're thinking about tomorrow and right now and the car and the, the drink and the restaurant and the entertainment and the trips. And um, you could still do some of that when you buy a home and make money and pay yourself, you know? So, but it, it's, it is interesting. But even back when we were young, there's people like us that did it. I know people that never bought. They rented, and they had reasons for doing so. But is that, Alan, because you're, what you're saying is really on the, the, the thoughts that I was having in the last 10 minutes, in that is it just generational that it's more now than, I mean, we were all raised with this is, the, this is what we do. Is I it just a generation, too. or is it just have to do with what everyone's experiencing in day-to-day life. I think it's a combination of things. Generational has got to be part of it because, you know, our parents fought in wars and our grandparents fought, fought in wars. And, um, and we were relatively spoiled compared to, you know, those folks. And now our kids are even more spoiled. A lot of it was provided for them. You know, college was paid, you know, and, or, you know, every little thing to make everybody happy. And, and I don't know if we did such a good job as parents, you know, teaching our kids values and things. So there's some of that too. Um, but the, you know, so I think it's a little bit of everything really. I don't, I don't know, but I, I know it happens and it's still happening. And um, I mean, coffee's $6. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Not this cup, brother. It's black. <laughs> There's nothing in it. It's just a cup of coffee. That's that old free office coffee, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> the K cup in the machine and go with it. <laughs> and there's Tom. He just been to the gas station. But I, but I, I, let's not get too far from that. Our, our expense, you know, what we spend every day is a huge part of it. And, and in day-to-day life, we all have so many more expenses that add up just like that cup of coffee. I mean, not to, I don't, I don't want to go down a trail and beat a dead horse, but it, it, it really is. That's, that's the way we live. I say we proverbial we. Yeah. And there's nothing, you know what, if it's your lifestyle and you want to do that, then good for you. You only get one life, live it the way you choose to live it. And if you've got options to travel the world and I, mean, I got a client who I help buy and sell a house and um, he, we sold his house and moved in with his dad because his dad's getting old and he's helping out. He's traveling. I mean, he goes to three countries a year, single young man having a blast. I got nothing but, you know, I love that. I think that's a great thing to do. You know, 
kind of wish Dad, I would. Dad, I'm here to help you. I'm moving in. See you later. <laughs> Pick me up at the airport next week. Yeah, I'm going to put my stuff in the room, and then I'm in the <laughs> I guess that's living there together. That's that's well, it's his, you know, his dad. So his dad, you know, but sure. it's working out Tom, great. That's Tom. That's an adjustment period, sir. He's oh, slowly, you know, you you got to make sure everybody's good with it. Yeah, you but know, when did that adjustment period change? When did it change from seventeen years old to twenty-five years old adjustment period? I mean, you know, I I don't know. I it's I a great way to my, get just to uh, make sure you guys are listening. I love that when you are. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful thing i love this welcome home radio stuff this is good <laughs> well tom we are so happy your surgery went well i'm glad you sounds like you're recovering well i mean are you still going through rehab oh yeah i got pt for another six months it wasn't it wasn't any uh facial surgery obviously you didn't do any kind of skin facelift or anything Whoa, sure you hello. they did the lobotomy <laughs> on me but that was it you know what jeff gets here late dressed like a priest and he goes off. i know i'm telling you <laughs> right to it i'm a collar on <laughs> i did not earn the collar i assure you that my friend <laughs> man start throwing that stuff coming on here this late boy yeah, right. i know it's coming back it's coming back. But no, well, I think you look nice. You Merry look Christmas. I, I love that we were able to get back together. Um, I think this is a great market for people to to at least understand and spend some time understanding where you're at. Because like Alan says, you don't know what you can buy. You don't know what you can do until you start asking questions, whether it's a reverse mortgage for purchase or a first time FHA loan. Uh, a veteran VA loan and you're, you're getting out of the service to, Hey, can I move up? Should I move up? Should I refinance? I mean, I'm, I, I can't believe it, but refinance cash out refinances are back strong in the sense of interest level. They are asking those questions. Can I pull money out? And uh, it is very possible depending on your combined interest that you're paying, whether it's that mortgage rate, and your car note and your credit cards. And oh, by the way, an update on the credit card debt. We're at $1.47 trillion. And again, it's still expecting to be by $2 trillion by the end of Christmas. That's, and half that's, that's, a, T. that's a T, right, Blair? Trillion. That's yeah. a T. I just want to make sure everybody caught that. What comes after One trillion? Period. Huh? What comes after trillion? What's next? Squared? Gazillion. I think we're that, owned I by think China <laughs> or we start calling it yen. I never thought we'd live long enough to talk more than a tea, but whatever. <laughs> well, I, and I will share this with you real quick. Just, just FYI. I don't know if this will bring up any more topics or talks or anything, but are y'all aware of what Mr. Warren Buffett has done? Well, he's made billions of dollars this so. weekend or this week. What, Got on his private jet and flew somewhere with his kids? Not by at 2023 this year, he has now liquidated $28.7 billion in stocks liquidated because he doesn't trust the economy. 
But he's also now, got that commitment to give all that money to charity too. You know, that goes hand yeah. in hand with the big headline on Market Watch this morning about everybody thinks next stop Dow 6,000. And uh, when they start predicting that, you got to wonder if the big guys aren't kind of getting out. Well, if you, I mean, Berkshire Hathaway, I, I, I don't, I think it's the largest investment firm, isn't it? Next to BlackRock. Am I correct there? It's got to be close. I don't. I wouldn't know. I, but, I mean, it's up there. You know, you got to understand if that if the large one of the largest investment companies has pulled out that much twenty twenty eight point seven billion dollars out of stocks, something's up. There's another and reason to buy a house. Everybody got to live somewhere. Recession, recession, recession. I'll say it here on the show. Recession. We're there. We've been there. You're still hoping for that recession thing. I'm not hoping. It's here. It's just you want to. You don't want to acknowledge it. Well, no one does. That's why the credit card debt keeps climbing. Everyone sticking their head in the sand. Yeah. Keep spending. But guess what, folks? We're not Bank of America. They won't bail us out. I do like oh, the way sorry. this show is really. This show has really gotten diverse. <laughs> I mean, we we talk about medicine, procedures, children. Let's not talk about big pharma. I'm not if going wanna, there. If you got any questions about life, anything, folks, welcome. We might get days. we might just get xed out and blackballed. You start talking big pharma. Don't go, <laughs> yeah, don't go there. <laughs> Really? Our, our lines will be cut, sir. I'll have, to, I'll have to sell my Pfizer stock. Oh, Tom, really? Oh. Well, not until he's off the drugs. It's just like tobacco. You know, I got to buy our vices. Tobacco, liquor, and, and medicine. And big pharma. Okay. Big pharma. Well, listen, we're going to cut it off. Thank you so much. Again, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I'm Blair Thomas. I'm Tom Holmes some of the time. I'm Alan Pace all of the time. I'm Jeff Duffy. Please email us your questions, or you can see Alan's number, our numbers, mine is 214-794-5969. We're all here to help. If you have any questions, please let us know. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. Yeah. Welcome Home Radio Production provided by Lunatic Digital. Check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.